financially tuned. Whether it's a high-performance engine or an orchestra, there's a significant difference between being slightly out of tune or perfectly in tune. The same is true of your finances. When your financial plan is even slightly out of tune, you may be paying too much for taxes, exposing yourself to too much risk, or retiring without a sound income plan. And like the conductor of an orchestra or skilled mechanic, Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners is the professional who helps to potentially get everything financially tuned. For the past 24 years, Eric Cheek has provided current, insightful advice for seniors, retirees, and those preparing for retirement. Eric works one-on-one -on -one with each of his clients to take the confusion and mystery out of the issues that threaten financial peace of mind. Contact Eric at 775-674-2222 or on the web at nvretirementplanners.com. And now here's Eric Cheek to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome to another show of Financially Tuned with me, Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners and as always, my co-host, Tony Shore. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. We're going to talk about financial responsibility in retirement. All right, financial responsibility. Uh, and let's talk about responsibility in general. How about that? Sure. As well as financial responsibility in retirement. So, this is going to be a great show. It's very timely. There's a lot going on right now. It's a timely show with what's going on in the news. So stay tuned, listeners. This is going to be a good one. But first, Eric Cheek, tell me about Nevada Retirement Planners right now. How's everything going over there? Well, we're being financially responsible. I can tell you that. Excellent. No, we're doing, yeah, we're doing good, Tony. The weather's good. It's, uh, we're starting to transition into summer finally, and uh, things are good. How about yourself? Well, things are great on my end. And thank you for having me on the show once again, Eric. I love doing the show with you each week. I know I always say that, but I always mean it. It is a highlight of my week. And you and I usually have a great time on yep. and off the air with the important facts for our listeners on the air. And, you know, we like to give each other a hard time a little bit off the air, don't we? A little bit, a little <laughs> bit, all in fun, all in fun. It is all in fun. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, financial responsibility, you mentioned is what you'd like to talk about today. And I think that uh, not only do a lot of individuals out there struggle with financial responsibility, I mean, I'm assuming right now that uh, our listening audience is like a large majority of Americans and they often spend, you know, they often spend more than they make. And that's where we get into trouble with credit card debt and those types of things, isn't it? It It's a tough one. It is a real tough one. Uh, and then you kind of see that as people get older and they really start getting down to those last few years before they retire and they start looking at what their Social Security's going to pay, you, you typically will see people get real serious about their finances. And, you know, we've got to get a handle on stuff and and uh, if you can learn to, to, to be more responsible at an earlier age, you don't have to play so much catch up. But, you know, it, it's just real easy to say that we need to live within our means and spend less than we make. But uh, it's something that I've been doing my whole life. And it certainly has lent itself to owning my own business because uh, as the business has grown and contracted based on the economy and other forces at work, I've always been able to withstand those those swings because I've never carried any debt on the business. You know, I pay off the credit cards every month and and so on and so forth. So I've kind of lived through it. But 
you know, when people are looking at uh, living on a fixed income, it's really important to understand why someone has to live within their means, because what are they going to do if they can't live on their fixed income and they go into debt? They, uh, it's not like they can run out and grab a job uh, in most cases and, and pay off that debt. So uh, not getting there in the first place is really, really important and knowing how to manage that income for your particular situation is going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And, and those are some great points. Now, when we talk about, you're right, it's easy to say, and we've all heard, you know, you know, live within your means, um, you know, spend less than you make. That, that, that's that's all good and, and fine. And it's good that we have someone like you who sets a good example with your personal life and your business as far as living within your means. However, we have a bad example, uh, setting a bad example for America and for our youth and for all of us is our government because oh. our government our government is a prime example to people of what living outside your means and it's magnified by trillions right yeah and you know there's two numbers there is the uh the deficit uh and then there's the national debt a lot of times people get those two terms confused but they're separate uh the, the deficit is how much money comes in via taxes collected and how much politicians spend each year. And they get, you know, they're very proud when, you know, we only have a, a $1 trillion deficit or whatever. I mean, it's, it's nuts. I mean, uh, if, if households ran their finances like the government, uh, you know, people would be bankrupt immediately. Oh, but, sure. You know, the They'd be out in the can, streets living in cardboard sure. boxes. And that's, you know, and, and so, their response to that is always to uh, propose higher taxes. You know, we're not collecting enough taxes. People aren't paying their fair share. And But, uh, you know, it's a hard argument to make against the citizens when we see that they're not being responsible with their spending. You're saying, sure. well, you want me to pay more taxes, but you're not uh, getting your act together with on the spending side. But uh, you're paying $3,000 each for a toilet seat or 300 yeah. or what, Even if it's 300 bucks, whatever it was, they paid a lot of money for toilet seats. I remember that. Just Yeah, those are just little small examples, you know, right. but just look at all the government agencies that just waste you know, oh. millions upon millions of dollars and things of that nature. And, and uh, you know, we could go on a, a serious rant here about that, but, and, and I don't want to get too off, uh, too off sure. topic here, but sure. they, they do give us a bad example. On one hand, they tell us to be responsible ourselves, but they're so irresponsible. The other number is, is, is the nation's debt, the national debt. And certainly uh, that national debt has doubled in the last uh uh, seven to eight years and yeah. is continue to go up. So they keep just adding to that national debt. And, you know, at some point in our future, Tony, uh, what what's going to become the problem is just how much of our tax revenue has to be dedicated just to pay the interest on our national debt, not alone retire it, you know, so uh, in, 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 I don't know what, when it's going to be, but when that financial reckoning, uh, appears it's it's not going to be nice uh, no it's not going to be nice at all so no but for our own personal lives wouldn't it be great if we could just uh, manage our finances i read some you know i read a lot of statistics about you know more than 50 percent of retirees uh, people that are pre-retirees 55 to 65 have no money and savings you know that i mean that's a tragedy and yeah 
you know, I know how it goes uh, when you're young and you're married and you're starting your family, you're spending everything you're making, just, uh, you know, providing for your family. But uh, hopefully you get to a point where you have extra income and that money uh, should be uh, divested uh, and invested uh, in pension plans and, and, and whatever we have available to hopefully get us to the point where we're not just relying on Social Security. We've talked about Social Security extensively on the show, how to maximize it. And, um, you know, some of those tools have been changed where we can't do it, uh, the, the planning we did before. But still, if if people manage their own finances and had a better handle on setting money aside and investing it, they wouldn't need to focus on just that one thing that Social Security. Uh, so those are the things that we just want to try and help people out. And then there's a whole other area of financial responsibility that goes into dealing with stockbrokers and, and insurance agents and investment people. Uh, there, there's new rules that have come down through the Department of Labor that's going to change uh, the industry that we operate in, Tony, dramatically. And we'll, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit as well if we have time. Well, sure, because there's a, a number of different types of responsibility. And we've been talking about fiscal responsibility of our government uh, not spending more than they take in in taxes, and we all know what happens there. And then personal finances, we all struggle with living within our means, and that's where credit card debt and other kinds of debt start to creep in and can really rack up, and that can derail someone's retirement. And you want to make sure you have enough money to live on in retirement, and you don't want to go into retirement with loads of credit card debt or any type of debt, really. So uh, how do you help your, uh, obviously, you're uh, responsible, Eric, and you're living within your means, and that's the way you operate your business. What's one of the first steps you do to help your clients when it comes to managing their income, and uh, how do you help them identify their retirement income needs? Well, that that's a great place to start, because the first thing that people need to do is to determine how much income they'll need in retirement. And then we start planning around that. Uh, if somebody says they're going to need $60,000 a year in retirement, we look at the assets they have. Well, how much is your Social Security pay? You'd be surprised, Tony, on how many people really don't know uh, what that annual income number is going to be. So we start, you know, by, well, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, for example, do you know how much you spend every month currently? Uh, sometimes we have to backtrack and, and just start uh, getting a basic budget together. But yeah, when, when you're on a fixed income, you're not going to be able to manipulate uh, your finances as much. And so getting a handle on how much income you need is, a, is the best place to start. Uh, and finding an efficient and beneficial way to address this, uh, it's going to have a lot of impact on your lifestyle, uh, how much you can set aside to accumulate in retirement, and if you have anything left over. Uh, after you retire that you want to pass on to your family. So you got to start with uh, the basics, identifying your income need, knowing how much to structure for that income. And then you can see if there's any money left over, how much you could set aside for uh, long-term growth. Sure. So uh, the the key here, I, I take it, is to figure out how much retirement income you're going to need. How do you help your clients do that? Well, uh, you know, keep in mind everybody's situation is different. So I work with each person. I listen to their needs and their wants. And then uh, we kind of, that will dictate, 
you know, what, what kind of plan is going to work the best for them. And everyone's income need is different. But once you figure out what that amount is that you need, not wants, what you need, uh, the next step is to be able to find, you know, beneficial investment strategies and various options and, and whatever tools uh, that you're going to need to help you achieve that income goal. Uh, and the other thing that you determine, not, not only how much I need, but when do you need it? I mean, do we have a, a, a time horizon that says uh, we're going to retire in three years or is it seven years or uh, are gonna, do I want to retire this year? And how do I align all of my retirement accounts to, uh, to determine and arrive at the best uh, income need for me? So, uh, but, you know, we want to think about income in terms of lifetime income. We don't want to just think that, hey, I'll have income. My income will last me for 10 years, then I'll wing it. You know, that doesn't work either. So, uh, no, that's not a winging. Yeah, it is I, not, you don't want to I hear just, those words, wing yeah, it. Yeah. Or we'll take the Vegas approach. You know, we'll just roll the dice and, and see what happens. But, hope for uh, red. Yeah. Hope for, hope for a seven. But, you know, th those are things that we just obviously want to avoid at all costs. It's hard to wing it when you're old and vulnerable and maybe your health isn't that good. That's yeah. when you don't want to wing it. That's when you want to know that you have a solid income plan and 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 you want to know all aspects of your retirement plan. This is the money I have set aside for long-term growth because inflation is going to erode my purchasing power over my lifetime and all those kind of things. And, and then getting a handle on debt. I mean... Uh, I do this a lot and uh, I guarantee you that, that most brokers don't because uh, uh, if they have cash flow that's available to invest, you're going to see most brokers are going to tell people to invest that money. And, and when they come to my uh, office, uh, I start with debt reduction first. I mean, that's the best thing for people is to get them out of debt. So we start on working on sure. paying off credit cards. And do we have a plan to get your house, your mortgage paid off? so on and so forth. And yeah, I would agree. Well, you know what? Our time is up for this first segment of the show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners out there, Eric, before we go on a quick commercial break? You betcha. You know, when you're preparing for retirement or even folks that are, uh, that are in their retirement years, uh, it could be overwhelming and there's a lot of mistakes that can be avoided. Uh, so I love working with clients. Visit my office, uh, uh, website at nvretirementplanners.com or give me a call at the office at 775-674-2222. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, do my best to make sure you get our complimentary retirement income toolkit. It's a great tool to help you prepare for the retirement you work so hard for. Yeah, that is great. Why don't you give that phone number one more time in case our listeners want to call up and set up an appointment with you. you your appointments are complimentary uh, the first appointment, there's no cost, no obligation, right? Yep. Yeah. And we can even work on a plan to uh, work on debt reduction to get you set up to where you can start dedicating more money to retirement. So we can work all on uh, on any of these things we've been discussing, Tony. Uh, give me a call at 775-674-2222. Set up a consultation. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more from Eric Cheek on Financially Tuned after this. In today's volatile environment, making sure your scales are balanced has never been more important. Money can go up or down in value, and it may pose a risk if not properly managed to serve a specific purpose in a comprehensive plan. At Nevada Retirement Planners, we created a report that has general guidelines for proper allocation of your retirement and investment assets called the Rule of 100. 
You can download your complimentary Rule of 100 report at nvretirementplanners.com or call us today at 775-674-2222. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And as always, our host is Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners. And Eric, this week's show is called Financial Responsibility. And in that first segment, you were telling us about the importance of being financially responsible by living within your means. And people roll their eyes and say, oh, I've heard that before. But are you doing it? Have you made any changes? And are you working with somebody that can help you through it? These are these are key things. And you also talked about how to uh, get rid of debt you might have before entering retirement and how that's going to help alleviate extra expense. And here's the big one. It's going to help alleviate stress. And what we're talking about today is alleviating stress and debt. But speaking of responsibility, let's talk about that. Let's talk about working with a financial professional. This It's a two-way street. Uh, we can talk about the government not being fiscally responsible or individuals not being fiscally responsible. I won't name names, Tony Shore. But... Uh, you know, uh, you know, pizza buffets cost money. They so, do. so, uh, I may have run up some pizza debt, but, um, but in all seriousness, uh, what about the financial professionals that people are working with out there, Eric? They need to have fiscal responsibility and responsibility to the people's needs, to clients, to people who they work with. It's people's money and their livelihood and their retirement that is in their hands. Uh, and the Department of Labor is cracking down on some of these professionals out there. But let's talk about what you're doing versus what some other people are doing and how this whole Department of Labor thing that's in the news. Maybe our listeners have heard about this. Maybe they haven't. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's big news in our industry. Uh, it's front page headlines on any type of uh, publication or circular that, that works in the investment community. And it's it's really going to change the landscape of our industry in a big way, but the whole intent of it is to bring more financial responsibility to the professionals that you entrust with your life savings. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that the rule does not come without controversy. Uh, the Obama administration tried through uh, legislation to get uh, some regulatory reform uh, to the broker dealer industry uh, to really to no avail. So I think they kind of went uh, in, in a backdoor way, used the Department of Labor uh, to adjust uh, how people operate in their particular jobs. But uh, to summarize, you know, um, if I was working at Merrill Lynch or one of the big firms, uh, Wells Fargo or, or even some of the smaller firms, Edward Jones or whatever, um, I may call myself a financial advisor. I may I may call myself a, uh, a a whole myriad of names. But what the government says is you're a registered representative. You have a securities license and you're registered with the SEC, and you're a representative of the firm that employs you. And as such, as a registered rep, uh, I'm required to do what's in my firm's best interest. In other words, I'm a fiduciary for my employer. And the problem is, is sometimes this can create a conflict of interest with the client where you may want to recommend that they do something else with their investments. But as a fiduciary for your firm, you have to recommend they 
they go in a different direction. Uh, so the Department of Labor has issued new rules. They take effect in a couple of years, and they basically just say that anyone that works with uh, uh, an IRA, a retirement account like a 401k, they must act as a fiduciary if they're going to roll that 401k over to their firm. They don't have to act as a fiduciary for any other uh, investment advice or any recommendations they make. Uh, but for that particular type of transaction, they have to act as a fiduciary. Now, you're uh, a fiduciary, right? But that means you have a legal responsibility to do what's in your client's best interest. That means the people you work with, our listeners out there, if they come to you and decide, hey, I like Eric and he has some ways to really help me with my retirement planning and my income and my investing, then you have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in their best interest, not necessarily what's going to make you more money or a particular insurance company out there more money, right? Right, right. Yeah, I just, I touched on it a few minutes ago in the last segment. For example, uh, I, I, I have had a number of occasions where, you know, I'm, I'm visiting with a client and really what's in their best interest, if I look at it from a fiduciary standpoint, what's in their best interest is to get out of debt, not sure. give me their investments to manage per se, sure. but to get out of debt. And so that's where I alluded to a fact that a lot of brokers would not recommend people get out of debt so much as to keep money that they have available, cash flow available to invest. And so I know it's better for people to get out of debt and to remain out of debt in retirement. So uh, that's where that fiduciary standard comes in. But my securities uh, uh, registration as an investment advisor were required to operate under the fiduciary uh, uh, standards for everything we do, not just a 401k being rolled over to an IRA and so on and so forth. And they, they kind of have good reasons to focus in on that, Tony, because here, here's an example. You, on, on almost every commercial you see about people, hey, do you have a 401k that you have at a former employer? Hey, why don't you roll that 401k over to an IRA with Fidelity or XYZ or whatever the company is? And so the, the issue is, is a lot of 401ks have very low fees. The mutual funds inside those 401ks uh, are very low cost. And is it in a client's best interest to roll, always to roll that 401k into an IRA uh, in a broker dealer where they can add hidden fees, uh, uh, commissions and so on and so forth that are basically designed to uh, increase their income, not necessarily in the client's best interest. So this is really the, 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 uh, the part of uh, where they're really trying to crack down on on broker dealers uh, and make them operate in the client's best interest. You know, take them from a low fee account into a high fee account. It's pretty hard to make that leap and say, it's in the client's best interest to pay me more money because I'll get them better returns or whatever. Right. So that's what, the, that's what they're looking at. So, um, but as far as non-retirement accounts, it's, it's the same rules as always. Uh, uh, broker dealers are going to operate uh, is what's best for the firm, not necessarily what's best for the clients, as opposed to registered investment advisory firms like mine that always in every single instant have to operate in the client's best interest first, not what makes us the most money. So that's the big hubbub over this new rule, but it's going to it's going to change our industry. Yeah, I mean, it, it will and hopefully for the better, but I know there's always positives and negatives. I mean, obviously with, with rules like this, 
Uh, sometimes they get written without taking the whole picture into consideration, but it sounds... The cause and effect, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a cause and effect, as always, uh, but hopefully it's good for consumers. My problem is, is I want to see what's best for you know my wife and I when we're getting financial advice or doing something, whether it's in the financial industry or with food products or anything, anything like that, healthcare. Yeah. If there's regulations, uh, I want them to... You know, they always put regulations in place and say, this is, we're doing this for the good of the people. But, yeah. you know, how often do, is it actually for the good of the people and not just to justify some department's job or, you know, right. some, somebody out there, you know, who, <laughs> who we need to justify our job and make more regulations so we can employ all right. these people who have to uh, regulate, right? Yeah. But Well, I will, I will tell you this, Tony. Um, uh, having a security firm in Nevada, Nevada is what's called a dual registration state. So we have the SEC that issues our license, but we have the Secretary of State's office that provides the frontline um, compliance. Uh, and I've been audited several times. Our firms have been audited several uh, times. And you can tell the way that auditors ask questions, what they're looking at, because they know that I'm a fiduciary for my clients. They ask questions like, Eric, now I noticed that this client had this uh, investment and you recommended that they uh, they move it into this investment. Why did you do that? So they're looking to make sure that I'm always upholding the fiduciary requirements sure. uh, of my securities license. And I'm glad to do it. It's the, These audits are just painful, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but I've never been flagged with, uh, with anything. I've uh, been clean as a whistle on all of That's them. That's good. Of course. Uh, and that's a good thing to check into, uh, by the way, uh, if you're thinking about working with a new uh, financial professional is check into their credentialing and see if they've ever been in trouble. Uh, yeah. There's resources that will get that information to you. And it's really enlightening uh, to look into people's backgrounds before you invest with them uh, just to just to uh, check that off the list. Uh, OK, at least this person's never been sued or right. they've never been fined or they've never been in trouble or had any deficiencies noted, yeah, anything because like that. Most financial professionals are audited in some way and have to keep up with some type of compliance. And so, uh, and they audit them regularly to keep them in line. And that's a common practice. So you you should be able to find out, okay, have they ever been flagged by these auditors and gotten yep. in trouble for things, you know? Yep. Um, the thing, and another thing is, is there are people out there that can call themselves financial professionals or advisors or planners that don't have any licensing and aren't fiduciaries. And so it's a, another good thing to ask is, are you a fiduciary and what licensing do you have? You know, what? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to bag on anybody uh, professionally, but, you know, insurance agents, now, now insurance companies sell financial products. So they people people that have an insurance license and they can only sell one product, uh, uh, a certain type of annuity, and they're calling themselves financial advisors and so on and so forth. Really, what they are is they're they're insurance agents and they're commissioned by the insurance companies they work with. So, again, the these gray areas the the government's trying to clean these up, so these lines can be fully delineated. And and I'm all for it. Um, but it is a good thing to ask people how they're licensed and how they're compensated. I love when people ask me because when I give them the answer, they love it. You know, I say, hey, I'm a, I'm a fiduciary. I'm compensated by you. You're going to know exactly what you're going to pay me. There's going to be no gray areas, no hanky-panky, and this is how it works. 
So uh, this is a great discussion to have, and people out there need to be aware of what's going on. Uh, they can look things up and look into it. But I think the first step for all of our listeners is pick up the phone and give you a call, Eric. Sit down, have a chat with you. Uh, we're out of time for today's show, but why don't you give our listeners your contact information again one more time? Sure. Uh, check us out at our website. We've got a really good website. It's very interactive. It's nvretirementplanners.com. You can request a consultation or you can download our complimentary retirement income toolkit. I mean, that, that toolkit right there is just a goldmine. Uh, it's broken down into four sections. Uh, section one is income planning. Section two is asset allocation. Section three is tax planning. And section four is legacy planning. A host of great information right there. And you can download it right off the website. Or please give me a call. Set up a consultation. Uh, we're at 775-674-2222. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Eric Cheek at Nevada Retirement Planners. Call 775-674-2222 or visit their website at nvretirementplanners.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Eric Cheek and Nevada Retirement Planners are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 